Hello, hello everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of Winter Circle. I, of course, am your host, Anthony Wynn, on this Monday. What's today's date? The 26th? I have no clue. See, I don't even know what's going on. I at least know it's Monday. No, it's the 26th. I know. I don't normally record on Mondays. And it's 5.20 in the afternoon. I normally would not be doing this. But I couldn't get around to it uh, this weekend, to be fair. Um, Saturday, I had a bunch of time. But I kind of just gamed all day, and it, it, it kind of just slipped my mind. So so I do apologize for this, but that's why I'm here now, and we're going to get things going. Really, it's kind of a better situation because now I could fully react on the series that happened over the weekend as far as New York baseball is concerned. Um, the Mets have a lot of problems. Um, I mean, I don't know how much I could set that up. I'm sure all my Met fan friends are not thrilled, and I'll get into some of the reasons why I would not be thrilled. Um, Yankees actually won a series against one of the better teams in baseball in the Texas Rangers with almost no offense, but that's neither here nor there. They got the series done. Um, I'm not going to try and sound like these spoiled-ass Yankee fans that that call into a lot of these shows that I listen to, and I'm going to get into a few of them because it's a little ridiculous, but... um, we found out some more bad news, unfortunately, about Judge. It looks like he actually has a tear in his toe. So that's a problem. It's going to be a lot longer than people think. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, a lot of moves in the NBA. I'm going to go over all of it. So, you know, we're, we're, we're here, man. We're here. We're going. I had a pretty good week. Um, work kind of sucked just because, like, I work outside and I, I full disclosure, I work for True Green. I fertilize lawns and kill weeds and do all that fun stuff. Um, <clears throat> so it was raining all week, and you know when you when you're uh, treating lawns, it's not the not the greatest time in the world. But uh, Friday, I had a bit of an incident. So you know, all these years of sports, not you know, really kind of treat my body correctly when I get hurt. Never really looking at anything. It's really all coming back to bite me in the butt, uh, to put it lightly. Got both elbows. Probably have tendonitis. Something's going on with both elbows. Uh, pinch nerves. Things of that nature. Ankles are shot with the amount of times I rolled them. Um, I couldn't even tell you how many times. But there are just days where it hurts to walk. And I'm only 27. What kind of crap is that? But, you know, again, got injured a lot. And continued to play. So that's just normally, uh, you know, that's just how it went for me. And, you know, I don't regret it. It was fun. Either way, Friday, I had been feeling the pain in my left elbow for a while now. Um, Whenever, like, I lift something up or, you know, just, you know, doing the regular manual labor type things. And right now at work, instead of just spraying, we're we're pushing the uh, spreaders for the fertilizer and stuff like that. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a physical exertion when you're doing you know you're getting out of the truck and pulling out a spreader that weighs 50 pounds because it has a whole bag of fur in it and um, you're doing that 25 times a day. That's on average. Sometimes it's more. Sometimes it's less. Like today I had 20, but you know that's neither here nor there. I'm at a stop, and you know it had been bothering me a lot. Uh, specifically last week, more so than normal. And I went to go take the spreader out, man, at one of these stops and do just a shooting pain from my elbow to my hand that made, like, my hand start tingling up. You know, like, when you sit on your hand for a while or, like, you you leave it in one place for a long time and, you know, you start to get the tingly feeling. I always always related to, uh, you know, when you're taking a dump sometimes. You know, you sit on the toilet. A little too long, you get those elbows kind of indented into your legs, <laughs> and you can barely walk when you stand up. Yeah, that that that's the feeling that I had in my hand. Um, never happened like that before. I've I've had a few other things happen with my neck like that, but you know I've I haven't had a problem with that in a while. Um, but uh, no, so I felt that, and right away called my manager. You know, let him know, yada yada. They told me to come in. And, like, the first thing these guys went to was, oh, you got to come in right away. You might be having a heart attack. Now, listen, full disclosure, 
I do smoke. It's a disgusting, terrible habit. I do not recommend doing it. Just don't do it. If you're a kid listening out there, don't do it. It's really dumb. And and I started at a stupid young age, way younger than you're supposed to be. And it snowballed. And, you know, definitely addicted to the cigarettes. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. There are times where, like, I do try to go a long time. That's not, this is all besides the point, okay? Like, the, whatever. Everybody, even the customer that I was at, because I wanted to let her know I just injured myself and I wouldn't be able to do the lawn. Like, she right away said, said um, heart, like, a heart attack. I'm like, what? What's going on? So they had me a little paranoid because I've never had a heart attack before. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, am I really having a heart attack? I'm not having a heart attack. I wasn't having a heart attack. If I was having a heart attack, I wouldn't have been able to drive the 40 minutes back to the shop. I'm pretty sure. They had me looking up symptoms and all that shit. I wasn't having a fucking heart attack, okay? Uh, everybody had me a little nervous there for a second, but literally everybody I spoke to about it thought I like thought it was in consideration just because it was on the left side, apparently. I don't know. Look, the, I'm, I'm, normally cold sweats are involved. You can, you know, pain in your chest. I had none of that, okay? It was literally just from the elbow to the hand. So, clearly was a pinched nerve. I ended up deciding not to go to the doctor um, because what are they going to do for a pinched nerve? They're going to give me some some anti-inflammatories and probably prescribe me like one of those sleeves that I already have. So, which work, by the way, I do recommend like those copper sleeves. I always thought those were like a scam. They're not. That shit works, man. The pain does subside. But, um, it was pretty brutal directly after. And, you know, I got home, I rested, the The tingly feeling went away in the hand. I was able to do everything. Um, it's the elbow still really hurt, but after a couple of days of just chilling out, I iced it pretty much all day Friday when I got home and all day Saturday. Um, so I, I'm feeling all right. Took a couple of ibuprofen this morning and I got through my day without a hitch. So I'm, I'm feeling fine, but that's just how my week went, um, at work. It was, it was kind of a stressful one at work, but other than that, it, it, it was pretty, it was good. It was good. So, you know, all right. Enough about me. On to the uh, on to the sports. Okay. Now I'm going back and forth still in my mind whether I want to start Yankees or start Mets. I think I'm going to start Yankees and react to their series and the Judge news and all that stuff. Look, as a Yankee fan, I'm not going to sit here and cry um, after after winning a series against a very very good baseball team. Okay. But uh, some things still need to be, you know, hashed out. And before Mets fans gets get crazy on me, I'm gonna. I, I feel your pain right now. As far as what the Mets are going through, it's 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 nothing close to what the Yankees are going through. I acknowledge that. I understand that. I'm not one of these fucking crazy ass, unrealistic Yankee fans that think everything. You know, every game is the end-all be-all. I'm not stupid. I know how baseball works. I've been watching it my whole entire life. Um, but with all that being said, there are still things that really, really frustrate me about this team. Um, both teams had had managers make some questionable decisions this weekend, more so on the Mets side of things, and, I'm, and that's part of the reason why I'm, I'd be frustrated if I was a Mets fan get into them but I think I'm going to start Yankees here and so obviously they went two out of three against Seattle they went two out of three against Texas finally win two series in a row after losing I think the previous I think it was four or five series um, I know they split one but the other ones they lost they just have not been playing well since Judge went out the last series they won before the Seattle series was the Last series Judge played in when the injury happened against the Dodgers. Um, so they had not been playing very good baseball. And it's just a lot of mental mistakes. A lot of uh, things. It kind of looks little league-ish. And the Mets really look le- little league-ish. So listen, Mets fans. I, uh, for those who are my boys that listen, I'm not trying to say... The Yankees are not in a better position than the Mets. Uh, they are. 
but some of these fucking mistakes that are happening, man, specifically Glaber Torres, there was a few, um, and IKF, um, I'm gonna bring up the IKF one first, actually, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that happen in a baseball game, where, so full disclosure, this, this was not a good game for IKF, he was playing center, and he gets on base, I forgot what inning it was, but he tries to steal, he goes to steal, and he's called safe. Now, before the replay showed up and everything like that, he ended up being off the bag and would have been called out if it was challenged. That's neither here nor there. I'm not even going to argue that point. Um, because what, ha- what ended up happening was a complete disaster. So he's called safe. And it's funny. Once the play, once the play is over, they cut to like a player of interest or, um, you know, whatever they do. Well, right before they made the cut to the catcher, um, I started seeing IKF, um, start jogging off the base, off a second base. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, he definitely did not call for time. I, I didn't, I don't think I saw him call for time. And then they pan over to the catcher who starts jogging like and looks engaged in a play turns out they tag ikf out and he's called out the play was never called dead he was again he was called safe he would have been out if they reviewed it that that's not the point here i don't think i've ever seen some i don't think i've ever seen that before now even if you think you're out which he clearly thought he did he clearly thought he was out. He called himself out, essentially, because he just started running off the bag. And he was called safe. I don't know if he... I guess he didn't see the umpire make the call. I don't know what happened in his mind to make him get off the bag like that. Um, but he just starts jogging off the base. And he's called out because they tag him, clearly. Because the play was not blown dead. Or blown dead. Or called dead. Whatever you want to say. And... Again, I just don't think it's something I've ever seen in a Major League Baseball game before. Like, you'd think, even even, even if you were called out, you're sitting on the bag to see if your dugout wants to challenge. That's, I mean, I'm not leaving that bag until I get a definitive answer from my dugout that we're not going to challenge this play and, um, come, and to come back in. I mean, when do you ever see that? So, that was one. And they end up losing that game, I'm pretty sure. And so, then, and mind you, give me a break. I don't remember all these games. I remember the specific instances. I know Glaber Torres had two instances against the Rangers in two separate games. The first one, both base running blunders. I just don't understand where his mind is. So, he's on first, and obviously, there's like a, there's, there's, there's a bloop shot in the right, and he's kind of eyeing it. See, this one, this one bothered me a little bit less, because he just eyed it wrong, and he thought it was going to drop, and as he's rounding second, he realizes it was not dropped, someone caught it, and there was no shot he was getting back to first in time. Now... I can live with that because he just read that completely wrong. That being said, it's still not something that should be happening. And then, not two games later, same thing happens. He fucking is on first base. Another little dink shot into right field that he, he, this time, he doesn't even look. He just assumes that's dropping. And sprints his heart out to third. And you see him get to third base. And he's looking at his third base, at at Luis Rojas, and he's like, hey, how'd you like that? Like, you see me get to third there? Like, he was all full of himself. You could see it in his face. And then you see just the complete and utter, like, confusion and just letdown when he gets told that the ball was caught and he's out because they turned two on him because he just wasn't even looking. I'm sorry, I'm fucking sorry, but that cannot happen. That tells me two things. That tells me, 
One, the first contact of the ball, you were gone. Didn't matter. Two, you didn't look at either coach. Now, listen. I am not pretending to be a professional baseball player, okay? I know I'm not. But I know that the first thing that these guys teach you in Little League, this is Little League. Not T-ball, like first year of the minors. Or International League is what it was called in Havistruller League. I don't know what it was called anywhere else, but it was called International League. Um, the first thing that you are told when you are on base and the ball is hit anywhere, doesn't matter really. You need to look at your fucking third base coach and, and first base coach, whether you're coming out of the box or you're on first base. You're receiving the signs from the third base coach. If a ball is hit in the air... And you want to decide to do something like that. I guarantee Luis Rojas was at third base screaming at Glaber to not fucking do what he was doing. Guarantee it. It's complete disregard. It's the, it's, it's the first thing they tell you. Eyes on the third base coach. That's it. Don't worry about where the ball's going. It just It's blunders like that that get me frustrated. I get it. Okay? They won two out of three. They've won two series in a row, and they're hovering around 500 with Judge being out. I understand all of this. And right now, they have the second wild card. So, look, I'm not sitting here pretending like this team isn't in a decent position considering what's going on. That being said, the pitching has never been the issue. It's the hitting. And that's all the problem is right now. And I don't know what moves can be made to change all of that or any of that, to be honest. I don't, I don't know. But it's just it's just really frustrating. And and here's where I'm going to get to Boone on, on Friday night, the first game against Texas, that they lost an extra innings 4-2. to two. Billy McKinney, okay? Now look, no one's sitting here saying Billy McKinney is going to be the Yankees' savior this year, okay? I understand I understand the deal with Billy McKinney. I know he's not here to be permanently here. I know he's a fill-in right now because of all the injuries that we're having. That being said, the dude is the hottest hitter on this team right now. He's batting like 322 since he's been on this roster. Him and Jake Bowers, who have... Ever, every, any Yankee fan could complain about having them in the lineup. But guess what? They're actually contributing. Okay? They're doing what they have been called up here to do. And then some. So I'm not going to sit here and shit on either of those guys. And not for nothing. Again, Billy McKinney, hottest hitter on this team right now. That includes Stanton, LeMahieu, Rizzo, Volpe. I mean, go down the list. All right? Hottest hitter on the team right now is Billy McKinney. And so, I can't remember what inning it was. I know it was late in the game. I'm pretty sure it was in the extras. Could have. I don't. I don't remember when it was. I know it was late game. This guy Boone. And look, I have been an Aaron Boone almost apologist because some of these Yankee fans or baseball fans in general clearly don't get how baseball works now. But that's neither here nor there. It's all analytic. I'm not going to get into all that. Um, I'm tired of making that same old argument. Like I, I can't, I can't sit here and talk to people that, you know, want to sit there and 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 you know talk about using their gut and you know the mental, you know what I mean? Like, listen, I'm not, I, I don't necessarily disagree, but it's not all on the manager. It's just not, not anymore. Okay, but. This decision really threw me for a loop. You decided to pinch hit Josh Donaldson for, or Billy McKinney for Josh Donaldson. Okay. Last 12 games for Josh Donaldson, 3 for 37, batting 081. Whole year has 8 hits. 8! And 6 of them are home runs. And you want to pinch hit 
Billy McKinney for this guy? I mean, what are we doing? Are you trying to lose the game? Because that's what it seemed like in that moment. And another thing on Donaldson, just to veer off, Boone has to sit here and just... You think you think like he's get, he's had enough of Donaldson, right? Because Donaldson pretty much didn't play the entire weekend other than that one pinch hit moment. And you're thinking to yourself, are they finally done with this guy? Because, guys, he's just been really bad. He's just been really, really bad. And not for nothing, it's starting to tran- transfer over to the defense. Okay? So... I mean, I'm pretty sure we talked about that 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 play a couple like a week ago. Him him bobbling the ball and then throwing it was just it was just a horrible play all the way around. Um, as a game that got, Herman got just lit up by Seattle. Um, but you could see it's starting to transfer over the defense. So him not playing at all this weekend, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, are are they finally done with this guy? Because not for nothing, IKF at third base, way more intriguing at this point. And so I'm thinking like, all right, they they probably finally, finally see the writing on the wall with this dude. And, you know, they'll just put him in a utility role. Not really even a utility role, just pinch hit, come off the bench. Well, nope. Aaron Boone has to come out yesterday and talk about how, oh, well, Josh Donaldson's going to play. Don't worry about it. I just thought this was a good weekend to have a little bit of a reset, but he will be back in this lineup. No if, ands, or buts. He's going to play. And there goes that. And I know that's not a Boone decision. I know it's not. That's a Cashman decision because, once again, Cashman being stubborn. All right? That's just, just, it's just the way it's been. Okay? It's just how it goes with this, with this team. And, and look, Boone makes some questionable decisions, all right? But I still don't think it's on him. And again, eight games over 500 second wild card. I can't really complain where we're at. The fact that it that it is a big problem that one player is out of this lineup and this team just can't seem to hit, I don't, I don't know how that's remedied. I highly, highly, highly doubt John Carlos Stanton is going to be this cold for this long. And this is, and like, He's going to turn it around eventually. He's too good of a hitter. We've seen it before. He's a streaky guy. I mean, he got the big RBI single the other day to give us a little bit of a cushion. I mean, and and you got to give him credit. He said, yeah, that hit was great, but I need to be doing way more. <laughs> he at least knows this. And he does look lost at the plate sometimes. I'm not sitting here defending John Carlos Stanton. He needs to get going. He's one of the dudes. DJ LeMahieu. Needs to get going. He finally went back and actually has been looking at his swing from years past. Something that he even said he's never done. <clears throat> but he's he's had such an abysmal year this year that he's he's taking every avenue. That's what I want to hear. I do want to hear all these things. Like that's that's one thing that bothers me about Yankees fans. Like these guys act like they're not trying. Like these guys are trying. They don't want to sit here and fucking be bad. They're trying to win every game. They're just they're this is how baseball goes sometimes. It's just how it is. Now it's been consistently bad all year for these guys. And it's the guys that you're relying on, especially with Judge out of the lineup. Which I'm about to get into now is gonna be for way longer than we initially thought. And this is another problem I have with the Yankees, okay? So Judge came out and actually talked, spoke this weekend about the injury, and turns out he has a tear in his toe. Tore whatever ligament is in his toe. It's like on the side of the toe. And first of all, we need to get this narrative out of the way that Judge is like a baby and he's just a toe and blah, 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 blah. All I got to say to you is you've never played baseball before. especially as a right-handed batter, when your right toe, your right big toe is torn, you tore a ligament in it, you you don't understand how important that is and all the mitigating factors that go into it if you try to play on it. Again, I brought this point up last week. DJ LeMayhew, with a lesser injury last year, by the way, because last year was just turf toe. This is worse than turf toe. 
But DJ LeMahieu last year with turf toe tried coming back and was a shell of himself, much like he is this year. But he even said himself, the toe has nothing to do with it this year. But last year, he was DJ LeMahieu, and then he hurt his toe. And then it just it wasn't working for him. He tried to play through it, and it just didn't happen for him. He was not in the lineup in the ALCS. Okay? And he wanted to be, but he would have been a detriment to the team. And it was clear. So, if DJ LeMahieu on turf toe last year can't play, you think a 6'8", 285-pound man with a torn toe, right-handed batter, that's his back foot. All he does is turn that foot. So, you're, tr- you're going to try to tell me that he has to play through that. So, what happens if he plays through it? So, then the narrative hap- starts, well, if you're healthy enough to play, then you're going to be judged as if you're 100%. That's the narrative. So, judge comes back with a torn toe early. Play Decides to play on it. Okay. What happens when he's batting 200 and only hits three home runs in like 30 games? What happens then? Oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. Oh, we shouldn't have gave this dude this contract. Oh, he's injury prone. Blah, 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 blah. I'm tired of it. Every time this dude gets hurt, it's because he's playing hard. Okay? No ifs, ands, or buts. And it's always freak stuff. It's never a hammy. It's never an Achilles. It's never... My elbow hurts. My shoulder... Uh, it's never any of that. No, 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 no. It's never any of that. The The amount of times this dude's been significantly... Like, that, he's significantly missed time. Has all, he's get hit, he gets hit in the wrist with a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. He runs into the wall making a play. He runs into the fucking Dodger Stadium wall that has a cement block on the bottom of it and and... Hits his toe and does what he does to the toe. Like, oh, and not for nothing, people people seem to forget. He finished that game, okay? That play happened in like the fifth inning. I watched it happen. He finished the game. I, I, I can't stand these people sometimes, man. I just can't. Stanton, injury prone. Dude gets hurt, decelerating into second base, slowing down. Hurt. Bader, who I love, and I'm glad he's back in the lineup. Injury prone. Donaldson. Can't really say he's injury prone. He kind of just sucks. Judge is not injury prone, okay? It's all freak shit that happens to this dude. And when you're 6'8", 280, stuff like that's going to happen. I mean... Last year, just last year, he admittedly told the media, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm holding up on some of these balls that he could have dove for or ran into the wall and made the play. He could have did all that stuff, but he wasn't doing it because he, need, he wants to stay healthy because he knows how big he is, and he knows if he's running full speed into a wall, that's probably not going to feel very good. There's something that's really been pissing me off, and I can't stand these people who just think these things and know what they're talking about. You don't know what you're watching. I forgot my main point, because I just went off on a tangent. The shit bothers me, man. The Yankees are not going to be winning anything without the guy. Let's just say that. You got Rodon, who's might be sooner than later coming back. He just did his second rehab stint in Somerset. And, you know, whether he pitches well or not there, I don't really care. It's just getting the pitching in. Um, but, yeah, man, it, it just bothers me. And all these Yankee fans calling, bitching, and moaning about this stupid shit that they call about and bitch about. It, 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 it's See, I can't even talk. It irks me to no end because it's just like you're just not, you're not watching baseball. You're watching something different. Sorry. 
It just really bothers me. <laughs> I don't even know if I made a point there. <laughs> hey, sometimes we go off on tangents. That's okay. I'm already a half hour in. So if you can't tell that I felt the type of way about these fucking dummies, now you know. That being said, we're going to get into the Mets now. Um, Mets are a dumpster fire, okay? They just currently are, are just not doing very good. And I know I spoke about Little League Baseball when it came to the Yankees and some of the mental mistakes that they made. Well, it's tenfold more. Like it's if, if you think the Yankees are bad, Mets are a thousand times worse right now. They're worse off in the standings. They're worse off with record-wise. They're seven games under 500. Guys, they're spending $350 million. Oh, wait, that's not it. Plus $111 million in taxes. And they're seven games under 500. They have 42 losses. What's going on? What's going on? I don't understand. For a team that last year we we just we spoke volumes about how fundamentally sound they are and they're not making the same stupid mistakes that they made under Luis Rojas as manager. Like and it was the same team. Plus Scherzer. But what's going on? You guys I don't know what... The last series you won was against Philly at home in the beginning of the month. I mean... I don't know. I don't know what's happening. They start a series tonight. It's a four-game series against the Brewers. Um, Oh, the opening game's on ESPN Plus. And 7-10. So I will definitely be tuning into that. The Yankees are off tonight. But, golly, man. What's going on? So, just to give you an update on how this team is doing. Oh, boy. It, it's it's something to behold. Last time they won a series, end of May, beginning of June. And that was the Philly series. That offense wasn't really good, but the pitching was there. You swept them. Great. June 1st. That's when that was. That's when the third game of that series was. Just to give you an update on what they've done since then. After that series, get swept by the Blue Jays. Then, they get swept by the Braves. Then, they lose two out of three against the Pirates. Then, they split the Yankee series, which was a two-game series. Then, they lose two out of three against the Cardinals, who might be a bigger disappointment than the Mets. Lose two out of three to them. Then, you get an amazing outing by Scherzer, finally, against the Astros. He went eight innings. I believe he struck out ten. I don't have the stats right in front of me, but great, great outing from Scherzer. You win that game 11-1. That's supposed to be a game that turns things around, right? Nope. You lose, two out of, you, you lose the next two, and then you lose the third game of that series in embarrassing fashion. Because you scored eight runs and still lost. And that's been a overwhelming issue this year with this team. But you lose that series. And then you win on um, Saturday against the Phillies after losing the first game of that series. So now you're thinking, well, we own the Phillies. We should take two out of three. Oh, oh, oh contraire. Au contraire, yesterday's loss for the Mets might be the most embarrassing loss they've had all season. And that's really fucking saying something considering the season they've had. So, let's just give you the rundown. You're up 6-3. to 6-3. Three. to three. Okay? Mind you, before this, before, the, before it's 6-3, to three, Okay? You have um, Carlos Cookie Carrasco pitching. Wasn't the greatest outing. Wasn't the worst outing. You know. Now I'm going to get into these decisions later on with Buck. 
But you know you don't have your entire bullpen. Adovino, shelved. Rayleigh, shelved. Even though he's not great, but he's been one of the better guys. And Rob- Robertson, shelved. Why is Carrasco taken out of the game after four innings? With a 78 pitch count. Well, what is that? What is that? The dude threw 78 pitches in four innings. Is that a great pitch count? No. The man's a starting pitcher. Should be able to give you at least 100 pitches. Okay? You know that the guys in your bullpen, and I'm not even going to go through the names that you threw out there. Actually, you know what I will. Dominic Leone, Hartwig, Walker, Brigham, Natoli. Who are they? The only one I've heard of is Dominic Leone, and he's not good either. These are all guys who got off the scrap heap. So if you know that you're going to go to all these scrap heap dudes, why the hell are you taking Carlos Carrasco out after the fourth inning? When you're up, you're up. That's the first thing. And then here comes the uh, the Little League portion that really just... <laughs> I, I hate to laugh. I'm sorry for my Met friend friends. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be an asshole here. There's a reason why I'm like going to be closing with your team here. Because it, it really... It, this is the same team as last year. Minus the ground plus Verlander. Okay? So really... That evens out, don't you think? Especially with DeGrom being on the shelf now, getting Tommy John again. So that's neither here nor there. Everything else is pretty much the same. You're up 6-3, going into the bottom of the eighth inning. Um, I forgot how we got to the... To the um, the bases loaded. Um, however, we got there. It's bases loaded. That's all that really matters. So you have Bohm ground into a fielder's choice to third base. Um, and Beatty had that throwing error. Okay. This is bad. Okay, that made it six four. Bases are still loaded. <laughs> That's the first leg of the little league. Then, you give up a walk with the bases loaded. 6-5. Then, Schwarber gets hit. 6-6. Turner gets hit. 7-6. Ball game. What? What's what's happening? Am I in some, like, dream world? This is the same team. That everybody and their mother said, once Buck Walter got into this dugout, he's going to know the rules more than the umps. He's teaching some of the umps the rules. And you were the most fundamentally sound baseball team in the league last year, statistically. Look it up. And in the month of June, I think you have more errors in the one month than you had all season last year. And then you're walking runs home and hitting batters for runs? What's going what what is happening? Am I in some bizarro world? Was last year the fluke? This completely disregard the fact that Lindor ain't doing nothing. Although him and Alonzo both had home runs the other day. Lindor ain't hitting for average. I shouldn't say he's doing nothing because to hit the amount of RBIs that he's hit as a shortstop, that's that's something. But you you paid what you're paying for Lindor. You, you I think you expected a little bit more. That's just me. So I'd be frustrated with him. Pete never really been an average guy, but he has he might have the most power in the league. And I'm not gonna get on Pete for shit because he's just gotten better ever since he's gotten to into this league. So. And he plays every fucking day. And that's one thing about Lindor that I respect as well. They play every single day. Every single day. And that's another 
thing I'm going to get into as as far as the bullpen's concerned. Um, but Buck, what 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 are we doing? Some of these decisions just it just don't they just don't make sense to me. And he finally gets thrown out of a game this year on a check swing, which was a horrible call. But I mean, it didn't do anything clearly. And I don't know, man. I just, I'm very confused. <laughs> I'm very confused. Forget the payroll. Forget the payroll. Because you've re-signed a bunch of guys. No one, no one was screaming and hollering about how terrible the signings were as far as McNeil goes, Nimmo goes, Marte signing last year. Like, no one was mad about that. And you shouldn't have been. But... I'm just I'm just really confused as to how this team is so bad. They're just a bad baseball team right now. And you'd think with a guy like Buck Showalter in the dugout, in that clubhouse, a lot of these things wouldn't be happening. And look, I respect the hell out of Buck. I think he's probably the best manager in the league um, 20 years ago. You know what I mean? There's the whole analytically driven stuff. And I have a few points I want to make about this thing. Buck being so mentally sound as far as what goes on in games and how he knows the game, it's second to none. If you've ever heard if you've ever heard this dude talk baseball, it's he should write the encyclopedia on baseball. The dude is a smart guy, man. He really is. There's a reason why, you know, he turned that team around last year. And I think he was a major part in that because he was the adult in the room. Because prior to that, the Mets were the were the kids that, you know, they did whatever they wanted, all that shit. You finally got an adult in the room. Now, that being said, this year, I don't know what he's doing. Um, because you keep coming after each game, coming press conference after press conference after press conference, defending your players, yada, 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 yada. And look, man, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and kill him for that. Because Boone does the same shit. It does bother me a little bit that like not many guys are held accountable. But hey, we're not in that locker room. We're not in that clubhouse. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know what they're saying to these guys. That being said, Buck, I mean, I get you have to get with the times. But he's never really been a guy to bite his tongue for this long. I mean, just look at last year. He's like, there was a specific, and Don LaGreca brought this up today, actually, on their show as I was listening. So I'm going to steal his point real quick. Even last year, Buck, he he defended his guys, but in the same, at the same time, held them accountable. And, I, and, and Don brought you back to this one instance. I don't remember the series that he, that he was talking about, but Marte, I think, stole second. And it was just a really bad base running blunder. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have did what he did. And Buck, um, you know, Buck at the at the end of the game defended Marte. Like, look, we have his back. He made, you know, it was it, it was just one of those things. Like, he, this was his thought process here. Yada yada yada. Made a mistake. Fine. And at the end of the statement, he said, "But I guarantee he'll never do it again." That's not killing a player, but that's holding him accountable because you know now Buck said something to him, and really. You could kind of make the case that he did it with Pete Alonzo this year for, you know, yelling the fuck, let's go, fucking go Mets word shit at the stadium when, you know, he hit a walk-off, whatever. That's not really that big of a deal as far as their play is concerned, obviously, but, like, he definitely talked to Pete about it. Like, yo, like, can we not be screaming F-bombs, you know, while there's kids in the stadium? I mean, you know, and he, and he, and he called him on it. Now, that's not, again, that has nothing to do with their play, but this is just the type of guy Buck is. And so, uh, lately, he hasn't been doing any of this. So, he gets asked if it's frustrating, right? He goes, well, yeah, of course it's frustrating, especially, like, frustrating for the players. You know, we got guys that are in this bullpen that, you know, can do the job, yada, 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 yada. Like, he's coming out and saying all these things. Well, first of all, frustrating for the players. Is it not frustrating for you, Buck? So that's one problem I'd have with that comment. Two, what's happening? 
Like, is he sending, like, subliminal messages here? Honestly. I'm asking this honestly. And this is another point Don brought up. And it's a good one. And I think it I think it deserves to be mentioned. Is Buck sending a message to Steve Cohen? Like, bruh, I don't got shit to work with here. I don't have shit to work with here. Maybe sending it to Billy Upler. Like, dude, could you do something about this? Maybe. I don't know. Because the fact that you can't have Robinson or Robertson go in a in a must win situation. See that like don't you feel oh damn it I hit the mic. I almost got through a whole episode without hitting the mic. Fifteen minutes left. Hit the freaking mic. I apologize. But like you gotta think like, dude, Robertson, you trust him the most. Now, you never want to throw someone in a bases loaded no out situation. I understand that. That's neither here nor there. But wouldn't you go with the guy you trust the most in that situation? I don't care if he pitched almost two innings the day before. The guy pitched 13 pitches. And I don't want to hear none of that up-down crap because you eventually got him up in the bullpen in the ninth inning when Pete Alonso got hit by a pitch in the ninth. So... What's going on? And and I think it could be that he's sending a message to the higher-ups. Look, man, this is what I'm dealing with. Because, not for nothing, a lot of those decisions are made by the general manager as far as who gets rest. Adovino not, you know, not pitching after two days. All that type of stuff. Robertson not pitching two days in a row. They don't want to do any of that stuff. And I get it. But at the same time, like, you want to sit here and play the long game, you don't have much longer. And honestly, I think that time has passed. You need to start winning games. And you're giving up six, a 6-3 six, lead in the bottom of the eighth? I'm sorry, man, but there has to be more into that. I don't get that. And... One more point I want to make. Why are these players not fighting to play? What's going on here? Like, look, again, I, I I guess I am casting the aspersion that they, you know, they're not they're not trying not that they're not trying, but like they're clearly being told that they're gonna be shut down for the day. And I look again, I don't they could have said this. I don't think they did because I, I think like if they fought a little bit harder, they'd be playing. But that's neither here nor there. But when they're getting told that they're going to be shut down, why are they not saying, like, listen, I understand like, and appreciate that like, you're looking out for my well-being and my health. But none of these guys are dumb. They all know where they're at as far as they're standing. Like, if I'm Robertson, if I'm Adovino, if I'm Brooks, Brooks Braley, I'm telling my manager... Listen, I appreciate it, but if we have an opportunity to win this game, I'm I'm available to pitch or play. Like, I'm available. I don't give a shit about what the analytic dude upstairs says. If you need me tonight, I'm available. And I don't know if that's happening. I really don't. And I'm not saying that, like, it's a Met problem. This is a problem all around baseball, and this is why I try to, I try to, uh, you know, tell a lot of baseball fans now that I know, whether they're a Yankee fan, Met fan, whoever fan, to get frustrated with a lot of the manager's decisions. It, it, it for the most part, ninety percent of the time makes no sense because a lot of those decisions are made way before the game, way before the game. Things like not wanting to, for a starter, starting pitcher, not wanting to see the, the, the order a third time. Or, or again, with the relievers, not pitching. If they pitch two days in a row, you need to give them at least like three days off. It's, it's, it's a crock of shit. I don't love it. I'm not sitting here advocating for it because it's stupid. Because it completely takes your gut out of the game. But that's the way it is now. So... And everybody's it's so funny. I've even made this comment before. You could thank Billy Bean in the movie Moneyball for that. 
yeah, he started the whole analytic stuff, but that was just to get on base. That was just offense. I should have. Well, that's not true. They, they, they. Never mind. Scratch that. I didn't say that. It wasn't just for offense. They, they brought in a couple pitchers in that everybody was like, "What the hell is going on here?" And yeah, but that's neither here or there. You like, it, it's so more advanced now than even what they did in Oakland that year with Billy Bean. But I mean, I don't know, man. Your, the the guys you trust the most and your best players need to play. That's just my opinion. And, again, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, get off my long guy. Talking about how baseball and all these numbers, you know, ruin baseball. Because I do think there's a purpose for them. I don't think it's nothing. But it doesn't account for guys like Aaron Hicks who just can't hit in New York. All of a sudden in Baltimore he's an all-star. Gallo, who's not really hitting the cover off the ball anymore either in Minnesota, but you heard him. He said it himself. He was afraid to walk out of his apartment because he thought he was going to get, like, mobbed or something by Yankee fans. I mean, just just sometimes where you're at and the situations you're in, it just doesn't work out. So you can't account for that with numbers. And back to the buck point, I'm sorry, but I'm going with Robertson in the eighth inning. You can even argue before the game, you should have went with Verlander yesterday because if you knew you weren't going to extend Carrasco the way you would, like, it just, all the way around yesterday's game really would have pissed me off if I was a Met fan, not just because you lost, just because that, how everything went down between the base running blunders, not the base running blunders, that's Yankees, but between the errors on defense, you're just kicking the ball around like it's a fucking hacky sack, and... The decisions with the pitching, I, I just, I don't know. It's, see, it's even frustrating me, and I'm a Yankee fan. Again, I go back to saying this, I want both teams to do well. I'm one of these rare fans that wants to see a Subway Series, World Series. I want to see it. Like, I want to. I was alive for the last one, but I barely remember that. But, like, it's nice when it's just alive in New York. We saw it with hockey. We saw it for like half the season with with the Nets and the Knicks. Eventually, the Knicks like did better, but we we've been seeing it all year. Giants, Jets get Aaron Rodgers. Like New York sports right now is in a good spot. New York baseball right now not in the best spot. And both teams had World Series aspirations this year. The question now is, in my opinion. Is it too late for the Mets? And what are they going to do at the deadline? What should they do? Because I don't even know the answer to that question. They can't do much. They're not going to sell. Because who wants anybody on that team right now other than Robertson? Really? Name a name. You sign Nimmo a long-term deal, he ain't going nowhere. Lindor ain't going nowhere. Pete Alonso, you're eventually going to sign, he ain't going nowhere. Those are your cornerstones. McNeil, going nowhere. Marte, going nowhere. He might be one guy that like people are interested in, but you don't want to get rid of him. Again, I'm naming all these guys. This is the same lineup as last year that won 101 games. It just blows my mind how bad they've been. I don't know. It's very, very odd. It's very, very odd. But look, they start a four-game set tonight with the Brewers. I am gladly going to sit and watch those games. Um, especially with the Yankees being off tonight. Um, let's see what they do, man. They got to win a fucking series. It needs to start there. You need to start there. Win a series. That's it. Go from there. But, um, yeah, get back to 500 and let's start talking. But it's been bad, man. It's been really bad. I know I said I was going to get into some of the NBA stuff. I'm not. I'm 55 minutes in. I talked all baseball. So, you know, I think I'm just going to end it on that because uh, some of the moves that were made in the NBA, not blockbuster moves. Like, you got the Marcus Smart going to the Grizzlies. Uh, is he going to the Grizzlies? What am I talking about? Well, I don't know how uh, how the whole deal worked out. I think it was a three-team deal, but they ended up getting Porzingis in Boston. Uh, a very odd deal to me. I, I don't know why you would just give away your heart and soul like that 
because that's what Marcus Smart was. Doesn't make sense. Going to be a good addition for the Grizzlies. But um, very odd move to me. When Benyama went f- with the first pick, that's no surprise there. Beal to the Suns. Um, I know I teased that a little bit. Maybe he was a, could be a Nick. Ended up not, you know. Ended up not happening. But um, he's he's a son now. So let's see what that happens. Let's see how they do there. I don't know. Eh, I'm not a KD fan, so I hope they fail. I'd love to see Devin Booker get pissed off in the next two years and come to the Knicks, though. Love to see that. Got some trade rumors about. Paul George maybe coming here. I don't know how that I don't know how that would work out as far as the money is concerned. I know I did see a perspective like or uh, not a perspective, a uh you know, a mock trade that could happen. It was Barrett quickly and I think two or three first round picks um for Paul George. I'm I'm not opposed to that for the Knicks. Um I know he's a no, he's a guy that gets hurt a little bit. I shouldn't say a little bit, a lot of bit. I mean, he didn't even play in the playoffs this past season. He played like 54 games. But very good outside shooter. Um, can defend with the best of them. Probably top five wing defender in the league. I know he's getting up there in age, but he's still that dude. Um. And, you know, you keep Randall with Brunson and Paul George. I, I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. But we'll see what happens. Sounds like Dante DiVincenzo is on their, is on their radar. And that'd give him a good 3 and D spacing type deal. They need guys that can shoot, man. Um, I would love for them to sign jo- re-sign Josh Hart. I know they extended that whole deadline to get a deal done. So we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I mean, you know, some of the other stuff. You know, you, you got the Lillard rumors about Miami. We'll see what happens. It's the beginning of the offseason. So we'll, we'll we'll get a little bit more details on a lot of these things. But those are just some of the things that's, that have been going on. You had the first uh, set of brothers to go in the top five of the draft. Those two twins. Forgot their names, but one went to Houston and one went to Detroit. And it's funny. They said this is the first time they're going to be separated. So... They're not looking forward to it. <laughs> but, hey, that's pretty damn cool. Back-to-back, 4-5 or five in the top five. So that's pretty awesome. Um, Brandon Miller went second to Charlotte. Um, Scoop Henderson went third to the Trailblazers. So we'll see what happens with Dame. That's going to be probably one of the more interesting things that developed this this offseason. But the offseason is off young. So, And there's nothing like a good NBA offseason. I'll tell you that. They do it right. So we'll see what happens. Knicks are probably going to be patient. So um, I don't see them making a crazy, crazy move. Uh, All right. That being said, I think I'm going to end it there. We got uh, the Mets tonight against the Brewers, 7-10. That's another thing for the Yankees, man. They they could right the ship here with their next few series. They got, uh, I want to say it's four against the A's. Is it four or three against the A's? Let's look. I'll look right now. They got a three-game set against the A's, and then they got a four-game set against St. Louis. That's a lie. Three-game set against each team. Um, so they got six games here that they should be able to. Uh, I'd like to see them go five and one. Five and one. Excuse me. Um, that might be a little optimistic with the way the offense has been, but the pitching's been great. So you got a team that's twenty and sixty in the A's that had a. They're 20 and 60, everybody. 20 and 60. And they had a seven game win streak this year. <laughs> so that's how bad things are going there. So I expect a sweep. Nothing less. I don't give a shit who's in the lineup. If we lose a game against the A's, that, like, I'm not going to be, like, crazy as long as we win that series, but they need to, they need to sweep the A's. And then they got the Cardinals, who have been, you know, not very good. They're 13 games under 500, and they had World Series aspirations there too. So need to uh, kind of, you know, beef up on these guys that have have you know that little bit of a let up because then we got a four game set against Baltimore that's going to be super important. So we'll see. Um, and then you got the Cubs, the Rockies after that, Angels, Royals. 
than the Mets again. So, you know, that's that's way further down the road in July, but they uh they could kind of gain some ground here if they if they play well against these against these bad teams. So, let's see what happens, but all right. Well, happy Monday everybody. This was fun to do. Um um, I'm glad I came back on. I do apologize for the slight delay, but again, um, I appreciate y'all listening. Please like, subscribe, do what you got to do, follow, whatever it is. Follow me on Instagram, at WinnerCirclePod. Follow me on Twitter, at Winner201023. Um, I'm on Facebook now, Anthony Wynn, if y'all want to shoot a friend request over there. Um, but yeah, man, I appreciate it. Again, tell everybody about it. Get them on, get them in on it. I know I went all baseball today. Y'all might be, some might like that. Some might be pissed off about that. Guess what? It's my show. I can do what I want. <laughs> all right, everybody. Hope everybody has a good rest of your week. I do plan on being on again next week. So I'll talk to you then. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Bye.